Okay. In three, two, one. That felt like a big delay. Did it? To me, it felt perfectly in sync. You clapped at the same time as me? Yeah. I clapped and then like I waited a second for you to clap. Oh, really? I mean, as, as long as it looked right on your end. Yeah, it was good on my end. Huh. Yeah, it was like perfect. I couldn't have been more perfect on my end. I wish there was a more efficient way to do this. <laughs> I know, I know, me too. Because even if we are sitting next to each other in the same physical space, we still may not clap at the same time. Like, how foolproof is the clapping thing? Well, yeah, that is kind of the yeah, that is kind of an issue. The, the clapping really makes more sense when you're dealing with like multicam and you have one audio track but like you're trying to line up the video to the audio so like the, the both microphones the right. camera mic and the audio mic is in the same place yeah there, exactly so that's why i never understood like clapping when you're on a facetime call or whatever i think it just it gets it close enough where you can um correct it just beyond it. there but like otherwise it's like if there's nothing it like just isn't it takes forever yeah. to line it all up. But recording mm. at the same time should do the same thing, too. Yeah. Oh, well. So, yeah. Banana milk. Banana milk. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I think I heard about it, like, a while ago and then forgot, and then you brought it up again. Are you just drinking it plain? I mean, is there a certain way you're supposed to drink your banana milk? Wait, does it taste like bananas? <laughs> this shit is... Is Good. bananas. <laughs> Does it no, taste like bananas though? It's um it tastes I think the the best like consistency comparison is with almond milk. It tastes like almond milk um with just a a hint of banana. It's uh, it's not super sweet. Um interesting. Like it's not overwhelmingly banana. Um cuz the idea is you could put it in your coffee or your cereal or whatever. Right. I had it in my cereal once. It was okay. I think it would be pretty good in cereal. So explain to me the why is it okay? There's all these different uh, milks. There's you know oat milk, almond milk, soy milk, uh, cashew milk. I had the other day. That was pretty good. Um, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. But ban banana milk. All these milks and how are they basically the same consistency, the same color, and the same like? They're they're not that different from each other. But they're all coming from well, vastly different uh, things. Well, I mean, no one wants to just sell the naturally occurring milk of bananas. So <laughs> they have to <laughs> approximate the milk of cow, which we are much more familiar to. So I think in the endeavor to simulate our cow milk, mm -hmm. people are just making all these things similarly. I don't know. I guess like the the actual color of the of of all of those things are pretty much the same though. Like bananas are white. Milky. Almonds have a white like interior. Um cashews are pretty much white. They're all like beige you know, things. We, we we discovered peanut butter a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Another dairy substitution for you. But no one has come up with a peanut milk. Yeah, that's true. Um, what does it say in the ingredients of that? Let's see here. It says water is number one, so most of it is water. Uh -huh. or organic banana puree, organic roasted sunflower seeds. Oh, maybe that's the uh, the nuttiness I'm tasting. Uh, sea salt, organic cinnamon, and gelin gum. Huh. So that probably gives it the thickness whatever the gum is. Yeah. But yeah, this lady at the store, I was just at my local, you know, organics store or whatever and uh, picking up some veggies and they had a little sample thing out. And so I approached as I am always intrigued by tiny cups and and she was like, hey, have you had banana milk? <laughs> like that's a perfectly normal question. 
<laughs> and I was like, no, I have not. And then she gave me this whole spiel of like, oh, well, it's dairy-free, it's nut-free, it's organic, and uh, and it's like, just like um, almond milk or soy milk, but it's also soy-free, so you don't get too much of that soy and all this, no synthetic vitamins, no major allergens, and it's like none of this, none of that, none of this, none of that. And then f- finally she let me have a taste, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's up pretty good. And like I was telling you earlier, just like, I mean, I don't know, it was – average didn't blow my mind like whoa we've reinvented milk here right uh but i i felt compelled to spend six bucks on this thing because she spent so much time selling me on it and what size is that this is it's like a a one and a half liter 48 ounces like i don't know was that like a half half gallon I don't know how gallons work, but... Well, it is more <laughs> expensive than regular milk still. Oh, yeah. And this is way more expensive than almond then, milk yeah. or oat milk. Like, those are like four or five bucks. This was six. Right. Um. So, aren't bananas going extinct or something? Didn't I read the story about how, like, the world might run out of bananas or at some point? Like, why are we making milk out of it? We should use it as for banana things. Or we should just use them as money. <laughs> They're so rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> a new currency. It works for Donkey Kong. Hey, yeah, you're right. We've already done this in video games. Let's extend uh, it out into real life. Um, I have not heard anything about bananas going rare. I feel like bananas are pretty plentiful. No, but there was a thing. I'm gonna look it up. Bananas, because there, it, I think it's a certain type of banana. Like, it could be we could. Uh, the lactating banana? <laughs> yeah, that one's very rare. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> That's why it's six bucks for half a gallon. And let's think, like, it's all about, like, we're we're taking the milk for ourselves that should go to young bananas trying to make it in the world. <laughs> I know, right? Um, hang on a second, though. I got I to gotta find this. Exti- bananas extinct. I'm not spelling it right because I'm... Yeah, there's always these stories. Are, are bananas going extinct? Um... I mean, out of all the things to go extinct, I think giant agricultural products like a banana is okay. This well, well farmed. This story from HuffPost: bananas are facing extinction, and it's all our fault. Um, yeah, I mean, so I guess you could research this on your own. I'm not going to sit here and I heard this about. I heard this about avocados. Just, just for comparison, I remember at one point they're like. Where, you know, there's a drastic shortage of avocados and the prices are going to go through the roof. And I was like waiting for this to happen because I buy an avocado once in a while. And I mean, I guess sometimes they're expensive, sometimes they're not, but it felt like nothing ever happened. And this was like a couple of years ago and we still have avocados. Oh, so we've become reliant on one type of banana, too reliant on one type of banana. Hmm. Uh, say food experts. <laughs> it says in this article, food experts. Um, Not banana experts. No, they're food. They're just general food experts. Um, uh, that was another thing. By the way, I read online. Th- this is just going to become like fragments of ideas that I've read off online that I can barely remember. But another one is oh, um, <laughs> how like most of what we eat just comes from like a select few species of animal and only like a few different plants like it's it's insane like we don't eat that much diverse stuff in the world like we just eat a small like all of our food comes from a small segment of things we could be eating you know what i like i've definitely heard and i just kind of assume that it's a truism that you're supposed to diversify the food you eat but if you think about it so i mean like i'll come back to that point but like in the evolutionary time scale of things, like back when we were cavemen or hunter-gatherers or whatever, um, like we have way more diversity today than back then. Like we, the fact that we can get an avocado and a banana and a strawberry uh, at the grocery store, like, right. doesn't necessarily matter that it's the you know it's the boring typical banana. That's <laughs> um, still way more diverse than I don't know. Uh, you know, a tribe of people in 
ancient France or whatever that just ate the same type of berries and probably the same type of potatoes for like 800 years. And, you know, maybe they caught like a deer once in a while. Uh, They probably had like eight different things that they ate. (laughs) Right. They didn't have kiwis flown in from New Zealand or anything. So, you know, while intuitively it makes sense, yeah, we should be, you know, spicing things up and getting different types of food. That sounds good, but, like, really? Is that, like, crucial to our survival as a species? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. On the other hand, from an agricultural perspective, this is just a bombing podcast. Um, (laughs) From an agricultural perspective, um, I remember in like it was a history class or whatever when we were talking about um early farming and crop rotation and that kind of stuff but um when you only grow the same plant over and over again um because it takes the same stuff out of the soil then like over time that soil gets less fertile and or if you're just breeding the same plant over and over again then the genetics of that plant are less diverse and so like on a genetic scale you do want you know a diverse gene pool you don't want to keep having sex with the royal family for a thousand years um that makes sense kind of thing yeah yeah you know what if we're not careful about this banana thing the only bananas that will be left will be those those uh the 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 runt ones that come in little tiny ones little tiny artificial bananas that you get in in runts in the candy oh those i thought you're just as an adjective, the little tiny bananas. No. Yeah. Yeah. That would runs. Be I forgot horrible. about those. Anyway. <laughs> so in a, we spent 12 minutes on bananas. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, your fault. You brought it up. I'm just going along. You're the, the ringleader. No, I, um, I mean, that's what's new in my life. So yeah. Banana milk. I think that, I don't know. I, do you have a favorite type of milk? Um, so I used to do a lot of soy milk and then, so I just kind of assumed that lactate was gross, mm-hmm. um, but I never actually tried it. And then one day uh, I bought some and it tastes just exactly the same as regular milk. So now we've just switched over to lactate. So it just tastes like regular milk, but without the farts. Right. Well, that that's good. I like the almond milk, I think. Yeah. I think that's a good I, one. I, I want to like almond milk, but it just is too, Thick, you know, sometimes there's a little, little gran- granular, yeah, chalky, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I do know Cashews are a little more smooth, but those are expensive. Right. I, I really, in terms of like a latte, my favorite is the oat milk latte, just because it's creamy. Now, I'm not going to compare it to normal milk. I know that it's not like normal milk. It's way heavier, but that's what I like about it. In a, if you're doing like a latte or a cortado or something where it's steamed oat milk, oh, it's so good and creamy. Yeah, no, that's great. I um, well, as a vegan, I definitely like the alternate alternate milks, but I think the almond milk and oat milk, those two are the ones I keep going back and forth between because I don't think too much soy is that great. So you're you're getting a diverse source of milk. Yeah, you're you're gonna outlive us all. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, so, uh, speaking of uh, a, a post-apocalyptic world without bananas, I guess uh, you've uh-huh. started watching the show C. Yeah, that's really cool. I haven't seen any bananas in that one yet, so who knows? Right, that's what I'm saying. That's my point, Rob. The future, there's no bananas. They're ahead of us, and they can't see either, so yeah. who knows? Chicken or the egg? They they lost their vision, and the bananas died out, or the bananas died out, and they lost their vision. Right. We'll have to see. But um, it's a really cool show. Um, it's, like, beautifully shot. You know, it's made for, like, 4K TV and all that. And, oh, yeah. Um, I got the new Sonos sound bar for my birthday. Ooh. Um, That's awesome. So, and I and I got my old little uh, single Sonos speakers and put them by the couch, so I've got the surround sound going. <clears throat> oh, cool! Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the 
the trailer for the show or anything, but it's it's basically in the distant future and, and humanity has lost its vision. Centuries from now, almost all humans have lost the ability to see. Some say sight was taken from them by God to heal the earth. For the few who remain, vision is only a myth. But after so many years, the power of sight has returned. What is it? Something's different. The children, they have the ability to see. children may have a power that we would call magical or evil. We must protect them. For centuries, we feared this day would come. So, um, the, there's like a, a witch hunter and this army led by a queen who basically just wants to make sure that the babies are killed. And, you know, anytime someone pops up with the ability to have sight, that they kill them. Wow. But the the coolest thing of the show, honestly, is just seeing how people live without sight. And, um, I mean, obviously there are people today that live without sight. Um, but they're such a minority that it's not really part of our consciousness. So seeing a whole TV show where the whole cast, you know, has to operate without vision is pretty interesting the way an entire community an entire village is built up around no vision so you know, like it's, they it's oh, not that far from the from so i was just thinking about this like if if that actually like were to happen this post-apocalyptic world that show isn't too far off from how it really actually would be because if you think about all the people that are wearing glasses and who have contacts to to to, to be able to see to function like it's not they're not, not they're not blind, but I mean they wouldn't be able to survive as easily without having access to this to the vision correction. And there's a huge amount of the population that has this problem. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But um, I mean, this is, would be an exaggerated version of like because I mean I can imagine without having to wear my glass, my vision's not even that bad. But like without my glasses on, and if I'm in a survival situation, it could be bad. True, true. But this is you know total. Loss of vision. Total loss of vision, yeah. No eyesight at all, yeah. Exactly. And so they've got, I mean, you'll have to see the show, but they've got, I think the coolest thing I saw was um, their use of ropes. They had these little um, huts, and it's, so it's kind of like you've been thrown into the future, but you've also lost technology. So they're kind of living in a primitive style where they have, you know, thatched huts and all that kind of stuff. But, um, in the in the village walkways in between the huts they have these um these ropes that are strung high up like where the where the roof of the buildings are and everyone has a staff that they walk around with and the staff is something that you could use kind of like a you know a guiding kind of like stick people today used to see but they hold up the staff when they're walking through town and they run the staff along the rope so that way they know they're they're walking down the middle of the road. Oh, right. And it keeps keeps them in line. And then when there's an intersection, the the ropes um, above you crisscross. So you're whatever, like if you're holding your staff, it'll bump into that corner where the ropes run into each other and you can, you know, move it and keep walking or you can hold it and kind of like turn to the right and go down that street. Um, and there's like a, a fighting scene where they they battle against this army, and that was really cool to see how you fight without being able to see. Yeah. So, um, by the I mean, way, the, that the, reminds me that, that the ropes thing—it's kind of uh-huh. like what city buses do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have the thing it's like attached that. to the sky. I don't even know what they have that for because they still have bus drivers that that actually like what what why does it need to be guided by cables? Oh, I, that's for the electricity, right? Is it? Yeah, that's how they're the buses are powered. I didn't think they were electric. The, I thought the buses those buses were I mean, maybe they are. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe it's a mix. Like maybe if they lose a connection they have a, a motor or something, but I'm pretty sure like at least like the trolley cars are electric. Um and it's just like a subway, but instead of the subway where you have an electrified uh 
rail, yeah, they have a, a wire that's above, and they got to they got to make constant contact with that wire. So yeah, it's a perfect analogy. <laughs> well, not really. It's for different <laughs> reasons. But... You're not getting electrocuted. Yeah, but yeah. So that's cool. I mean, the story is interesting, but just the the uh, the novelty of you know seeing an entire community built around no vision. Yeah. Cool. Well, I guess I was interested a little bit in in the uh, uh, I guess the the bigger picture of all this, like Apple becoming a services company and a media company almost like I every yeah. time Apple shifts into a new category it makes me it's deeply unsettling for me oh yeah like yeah. when they started producing phones yes yes when they started producing phones I thought well this is ridiculous like why is Apple yeah. making phones what what knowledge do they have about phones like they, they should be making computers and it didn't occur to me until I realized oh this is a computer that also is a phone but Mm-hmm. In this case, it's a little bit even more than that. I'm like, but but what about the hardware? What about this all this other stuff? Like, I don't know. Like it, it the I, hardware I, of what? Like the, the all the hardware devices that they make. Like they were a hardware company, and now they're becoming a services company. And it like, and not and even beyond the services stuff into becoming like a studio. Like it just is. Um, yeah, it's just bizarre to me, and I I, I it makes me nervous. Hmm. Well, I, you know, if you uh, listened to more podcasts, mm-hmm. then <laughs> then you might, <laughs> you know what, <laughs> then you since, might be aware. Since we last talked, because we talked about this, how like I was overwhelmed by all the different podcasts out there and all this, and I didn't listen to many and all this stuff, uh, even though I work yeah. in it all the time. Maybe it's because I work in it all the time. I'm doing, I'm listening to them so much all day long uh, to our shows that we're producing that, um, that afterwards I'm just like, I don't have, I don't want to have to focus on that even more. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you, but I, did, I, I will say I did go through and I subscribed to a whole bunch of podcasts since we talked. Oh, really? Yes. So, huh? So anyway, let me just, I guess this is actually a good little segue for the episode I had planned on doing, but, um, let me backtrack a little bit. Wait, you didn't plan on doing a whole episode about <laughs> banana milk? Because that's what I thought we were doing here. <laughs> I, I've, for better or worse, I've learned not to plan on doing an episode with you. Because <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I've let you off the hook at this point. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I love recording with you, and I uh, wish you were more available. But I, I tried to mentally think of many other things that I can do in the meantime in case you're busy and one of the ideas I had was um because you know I it was a while back but I think you uh, or maybe not even you but I think it was Mike and Nick and I were kind of chatting about the types of podcasts we listen to and they're totally different than what I listen to and it kind of struck me as something that was I don't know just weird that like we're friends, so, you know, we, we have some stuff in common. And we're huge nerds, so that's another thing in, in common. And, like, ever since college, you know, 10 years ago and, and still up to today, we're big podcast listeners. So it's kind of like you feel like, okay, these these dots are all connecting. And then when you actually look and find out what podcasts they're listening to, they're totally different than what I spend several hours a day listening to. And in one way it kind of blew my mind and then another way it's kind of like well duh it's just like saying hey we both listen to music and then being surprised that i listen to classical and you listen to rock (laughs) like that's a it's normal for people to have different tastes but i guess for someone like for someone like us who we've been on the podcast train for well over 10 years i don't even remember when podcast started but back when it started it was mostly a bunch of people talking about tech news mm-hmm. and more or less. I mean, I've list like I used to listen to a lot of twit. I don't really listen to twit anymore, but I listen to similar type of like, if it's not tech news, maybe it's people talking about like the implications of Facebook on society. So it's still sort of related to tech news. Yeah. And yeah. I, I've always stuck in that genre and I guess I'm just interested in it. Meanwhile, Mike, Mike and Nick, I kind of assumed were also interested in that. Actually, no, they listen to D and D podcasts and comedy podcasts and and other stuff, um, which is totally fine. But I just didn't expect it. So all that 
leading up to uh, you know my idea for this episode was kind of like doing a, a clip show where I would feature some clips of a few podcasts that I listened to, maybe just like a 30-second thing of what I thought was most interesting, and then give my rationale for why I listened to this set of you know five or six different shows. And I was hoping, <clears throat> I put this out on Twitter and elsewhere, hoping that, you know, people would uh, sit down and record something on their phone or microphone. Uh, just, you know, tell me, why do you listen to podcasts? Because right. we all have different reasons. Just like music, you know, we all have different tastes. You know, if you listen to heavy metal music, you know, tell me more. Like, how did you get into heavy metal? So same thing with podcasts. I was kind of hoping to get, you know, a few clips from different people to hear um, you know, what they get out of podcasts. Um, I typically, you know, I, I like this feeling of like I'm learning something new. So I have, you know, a really long, it's an hour and a half commute to work and that's just one way. So that's a total of three hours. I'm just sitting around doing nothing right? Um, to and from work. So I, I really kind of get a kick out of being entertained, of course. Like I love Conan O'Brien's show. That's hilarious. Yes. But... Um, you know, that's that's one of a handful of shows I listen to. I think the majority of the other ones are like discussion podcasts, and I like this feeling of learning something. Like I'm this lazy asshole who's just standing on the train. Like, you know, physically I'm not doing anything, and I'm barely paying attention, but I walk away feeling like I learned something. Even if I don't remember most of the episode, I might remember one factoid, which I can then repeat to you on our podcast or to someone at a bar. Right. <laughs> and, and I feel better for it. So, you know, that's why I like podcasts. Um, also, just to kind of like keep up with the news because there's so many like articles floating around and I never want to actually read. Like, again, coming back to this idea of being so lazy that I like a, pod, a news podcast that can just kind of sum it up for me in half an hour. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, that would be my answer as to why I listen to podcasts. And I was hoping to hear from other people. Um, the, oh, I think the whole point of this was to answer something. And I can't even remember what it was. I'm not sure. Now I can't oh, remember. Oh, now I remember oh. Apple. Oh. Apple and subscriptions. So, getting full back circle. on topic. Getting back on topic. <laughs> um, this, uh, this show, I listened to a couple of shows. Um, Ha, they they share the same host, Kara Swisher, who oh, has been a yeah. tech reporter for, you know, since the internet. Um, she's huge. But um, Recode Decode is her well-known podcast. Um, I, I kind of quit listening to it a long time ago. Anyway, this year I started listening to it again. And it has some really interesting interviews, like in terms of the, the super well-known people she gets on that show. Um it's interesting to hear her interview these different like tech executives um, like the, like this head of legal for Twitter or whatever. Um, they have another show called pivot where the Kara Swisher talks to this other guy who's um, a professor at uh, NYU who teaches business and they kind of talk about the business side of tech. So for it just, an example of what that means is like WeWork is, well, they're not even a tech company. They're a real estate company, right. but they pretend like they're a tech company. <laughs> yeah, and which is they probably were... their biggest downfall. <laughs> I know. And that's what they talked about for several episodes um, about how they fucked up and how Uber fucked this up uh, when they're trying to IPO. And IPO is something I learned from these podcasts that people may not know. IPO is when you try to take your startup, your private company, public and list it on the stock market. But before you can do that, you have to get a whole bunch of paperwork done, and I won't bore people explaining what this is, but basically you have to prove what your company is worth on paper. And so um, in the example of WeWork, the, you know, they they wrote all these things talking about how they're like this innovative tech company, and basically everyone laughed at them because, no, you're a real estate company. You rent office space by the hour and by the month. For <laughs> and, exorbitant and you have, amounts of you money. You have kegs and shit, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, the clientele might be tech workers, but the business is real estate. Anyway, yes. yes. The, aside, aside from that, they had a, a couple episodes talking about Apple and Apple TV Plus and, and uh, Apple Music and these other things. And they're talking about, for example, how, you know, if you buy a new phone or a new Apple device, you get Apple TV for a year for free. And even then, it's only five bucks a month, which is 
crazy cheap compared to stuff like Netflix or even Hulu, which I thought is the bargain bin of streaming services. Right. Um, and so it begs the question, you know, why are they doing that? And um, Scott Galloway, the guy on, on the other guy on Pivot who was explaining this, said that. Anyway, so yeah. like you're right. I think a lot of this is additive. People will, for five bucks, just some of the big name, big name high production value you can expect from Apple. People, I think a lot of people will add on. Everyone's saying that Netflix is going to be the big loser here. But what people fail to realize is the majority – Netflix is going to live and die by their international growth because the reality is domestically everybody already has Netflix. Yeah. And it's unlikely you're going to swap out Netflix for Apple or Hulu or Amazon Prime. What The bigger picture story here and, and arguably Tim Cook who's added $600 billion in market value, who's taken a ton of barrage for not coming up with the iPhone. But the reality is the iPhone 11 – it's just a different product than the iPhone was five years ago. So I would argue he's innovated like mm -hmm. crazy. But what they're doing here is if you think Netflix has 150 million members, um, I think Amazon Prime, I don't know how many Amazon Prime, it's 77% of households. I don't know what that is. It translates in terms of people. But potentially with, with Apple TV, it's not an attempt to go into the streaming wars as much as it is an attempt to change the complexion of their business and move from a transactional company to a recurring revenue company. And if they take Arcade, Apple Plus, their 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 news clipping service, I, uh, not, not iTunes, excuse me, Apple Music, they killed iTunes. And then they add an Apple Plus and figure out a way to give it to everybody for a year, which they're doing with every purchase of an iPhone and then get people to renew. They could have the mother of all recurring. What's the word? What's the word, Kara? Rundle. Rundle. There's my girl. <laughs> They could have a mem a corporate membership program with a half a billion people, and that is sec that would be yeah. second only to the ultimate rundle, which is Microsoft Office, which has even more than that. So, what is Tim Cook, probably the smartest operator in the world right now, saying? You know what? We're at a point where everyone has an iPhone. We've tapped up tapped out on all the globally affluent. So we're going to take the same level of top line revenue with modest growth. And we're going to transition it from a transactional business to a recurring revenue business, and we're going to increase the stock price 50%. By the way, Fang, not performing that well except for the eh, the Apple. Apple is up like crazy this year. I think Apple's up 50, 56% this year. Mm -hmm. So Tim Cook, mm -hmm. uh, Apple, t you know, Apple, Apple TV Plus is not a streaming thing. That's, not, that's the small picture. The big picture here, here is another piece in the puzzle to move to the second largest rundle in history just behind Microsoft Office from All right, Apple. Good. All right, but doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that okay, that makes sense. That explanation makes me feel a little bit better I think about about the fact that they're doing this. Yeah, it's not like Tim Cook is like, uh, you know, TV sucks these days. Apple is going to reinvent TV. No. I mean, they're they're spending billions of dollars on talented TV producers, but really they're just doing it so that way you have a source of content that you really like and a reason to keep buying Apple de Apple devices, Apple hardware, right? Which is what they're good at. I guess I'm just mad because it's another thing. Well, I guess it's well, it, I'm not really mad. It it comes with the devices for free, so and I will always get that. But it's like, and the low monthly price is not too much. But it's like anytime there's more subscription stuff, I gotta s subscribe to. I guess okay, what I'm getting at is. Uh, okay, you've got to have Netflix for Stranger Things and all this stuff. And, and if you don't have Netflix, you, you don't get to watch that show. Same with yeah. HBO, same with stuff on Hulu, same with all these. There's like shows that are that are exclusive to those services that like you have to have that service to watch it. And it's like, and there's increasingly more and more and more of that. And it's like, well, who in the world yeah. is going to subscribe to like 15 services? Yeah, fracturing it. Because, who, but who, all, but also... You gonna really not watch the show that everyone's talking about, or the thing that every everyone you know is talking? About? It's just like, I don't know. It's like so many things exactly. to worry about. I was talking to people at at Audible about this because you know we talk about audio content a lot, and <clears throat> we were really kind of making fun of uh, what's that app? The podcast app is it uh, Luminary? Or yeah, yeah, Luminary. The the one where you have to pay for podcasts. Yep. Yeah. So we were having a laugh at these guys because they're they're taking a traditionally entirely free medium yeah and saying you know what we're gonna take your podcast and we're gonna have you pay for them how about that yeah. and we're gonna go up with these exclusive shows that you can't get anywhere else 
But the funny thing is, like, I am oversaturated in podcasts. I have so many free podcasts that I enjoy listening to. I'm never going to run out of them. Why would I go and pay for them? Right. Now, TV and movies, on the other hand, there's a little bit more of an argument. Like, we've always paid for TV and movies unless you pirate them. <laughs> but um, so when Netflix came out, it wasn't like, hey, now you have to pay for them. It's like now you can get them for less money. Right. Um, so I think that was interesting at first. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if if you're going to come out with a streaming service or any type of digital content, you can't just serve up old episodes of Seinfeld or the Simpsons or whatever you, I mean, you could, and people would pay for that, but you need to also create stuff that's exclusive to that platform. So people don't want to leave. And totally. No, I, I know why for better or worse. It. That's, that's the logic. Yeah. It just, it sucks. And I'm just grateful that Apple is only five bucks a month, uh, next year. I was afraid, you know, because it's Apple, you know, everything is expensive. I thought it'd be like 20, 20 bucks a month or something. Yeah. I did too. Because I knew I knew I would subscribe. I was like, I want this. Please, please don't make it too expensive. See, and I was kind of like, fortunately, it wasn't. I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I want it. I mean, we'll see. If everyone's talking about these shows, then maybe then I'd feel compelled to go after it. But like, like you said about the podcast, I already feel like there's so many TV shows available to me and movies available to me through my other services that I'm not feeling like oh i need more i need more it's not about having more it's about having the yeah. thing that everyone else is talking about or that everybody else is getting me to do getting me to watch yeah and i think i mean we're, we're kind of trying to figure this out at audible too you know so the um audible's core value is listening and it's, but it's listening while you are busy. So everyone in digital content is competing for your visual attention. You have Twitter and Facebook are vying for you to, you know, read that or look at that picture. And, you know, Huffington Post and the New York Times are vying for your two seconds of reading that headline to click on it. And that's why we have clickbait. And, um, movies and TV all occupy, you know, your vision. But there's also stuff where like you're doing the dishes or you're doing laundry or you're driving to work or you're riding a train to work where you, you're busy, um, but you may not necessarily be able to watch something like if you're driving or doing laundry. Um, so that's, you know, people we're so like ADD that we want to fill that time with something entertaining or, or educational. We want to fill in the gap. We want to maximize and optimize. So for audible, we feel like audiobooks are a way to fill in that dead space to, right. you know, while you're throwing clothes into the laundry, you could be listening to a British comedy or learning about outer space. And, um, the same thing is true for podcasts, but you know, that's free. <laughs> and, right. uh, and uh, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, yeah, the but the interesting thing I feel with, like I can kind of get overwhelmed with the podcasts. Like I, I understand where you're coming from where like I open up Overcast and I've got like 13 new episodes and it's just way too much to get through. And I have this like inbox zero complex where I want to listen to all of them. I just want to like get down to zero. But on the other hand, when it comes to TV, I open up Netflix I might I might have a show I might have a, a series like I'm halfway through, you know the new episode or the new season of Stranger Things, and I might also have a couple of movies that I planned on watching, but I guarantee you the next time I go and I open up Netflix I'm gonna spend twenty minutes dicking around through those carousels <laughs> thinking like gee what do I want to watch I don't know like if if it were a podcast app I would open it up and just you know like start going through my list of podcasts, but like Netflix is just like, Ooh, I don't know. And I think that right there is how other companies are able to compete. Like, sure. I have infinite shit that I need to get through on Netflix. Still. I'm not done with Netflix, but because every time I sit on the couch is like a clean slate, that's an opportunity for Apple to jump in and say, well, what about this new show or Hulu to say, well, what about this exclusive show? Right. No, that makes sense. <laughs> um, I 
Yeah, I, I I definitely get overwhelmed by like Netflix and stuff too. This is why this is why actually not that long ago or a few months ago I wanted to have live TV back again. I know that's a crazy yeah. concept. I've got that too. YouTube TV. I I right. <laughs> you have YouTube TV, and I I wanted to have uh, for us it, the Hulu TV thing worked out best because it included for like the price that includes the Hulu no commercials and all that too. Like for the yeah. for their streaming stuff, so and we and Vanessa has like a bunch of stuff she watches that's through Hulu and exclusive to Hulu, so she wants to keep it. But um, but I I I wanted live TV back again because there were times, and I feel like this is my problem with podcast. It's any on-demand content. We're getting to we're, okay. I'm getting down to what my issue is with on-demand content. I have the inbox zero compulsion to finish things, to, to, to really pay attention because I'm deliberately putting this on, which means I, I know I, I want to be listening and caring to this about this thing. So I want to get through it. And that, so then it, but then it becomes like, oh, this is another task I need to do because I need to get through it and I need to make sure I get all of it because I don't want to, it's a thing I care about. I'm putting it on intentionally. Whereas, like, if it's yeah. radio or TV that's already going on, and I tune out, I I don't feel as, um, I don't feel as responsible for it. Like, I'm not. Well, I didn't put that on, so it's okay if right. I don't care about it. I can just let it go in the background. It doesn't matter. But if I put something <laughs> on, I know it's something I care about. So then I really want to pay attention. And if I can't pay attention, then I don't want to listen to it. And if I think, if I fear that I'm doing something that's going to take my attention away from it, then I'll just be like, eh, I'll do that later. But then I keep saying I'll do that later and I never get to it. That's that's fascinating because we're, you know, we're doing, I can't really talk about uh, what this is on the podcast, but we're doing research at Audible, uh, you know, where we, just like any designer, you try to look at um, what people have a hard time with and how you can make it better. So just generally speaking, we've been researching how, you know, uh, what are some of the difficulties with Audible? And the hardest part is you get this credit a month and it becomes this precious resource and you yeah. want to spend it on the best book. It's and like a banana. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it's so rare. <laughs> it's a monthly banana and you got to use it wisely. And so, you know, these, these poor people, like... the they just endlessly debate over like which book is the best. Like I want to get one that's really long. So, so I'm getting enough, you know, like minutes per, per dollar. Um, but it also has to be interesting. Like the narrator has to sound good. I also want to make sure that like I'm learning something if that's what you're coming to audible for, or maybe I want to make sure that it's really like cool and, and fascinating so that I can escape. That's another reason people, you know, listen to audiobooks. So many Whatever your reason is, check. you, you want to maximize that. And there's just so much choice and sometimes it's crippling and people don't even get a book because they're like, well, I, I can't decide. It's, it's like that, that you described, but cranked up to the maximum. And, yeah. um, so, you know, like, I don't know what this would look like for Audible, and yeah, I can't talk about it, but, um, you know, one one example that we point to on the opposite end of the spectrum is radio. You just, a lot of people sit in the car, even though they're an Audible customer, and they'll just flip on the radio. Why? Because you don't have to decide. Right. Or, you know, let's say you, let's say you have a Spotify membership, and you're big into rock and roll music. You could just queue up a Spotify playlist, but... Or a people station, will still listen to rock yeah, station yeah exactly whatever it comes up with so spotify or apple they have come up with these digital stations which are powered by robots which and it simulates the value that you got out of radio and the main value you got out of radio was someone else decides the song yeah you don't have curation. to you don't have to you don't have to figure out like oh which one do i want to listen to someone else is picking it yeah and it's and it's it's just a steady stream. It's not like oh, it's going to run out, and then you have to decide on the next thing, because yeah, it will infinite. always be yeah. It's always just there, and that's what I I like about radio and TV live. The live aspect of it is just that. It's it's like it's very simple, and I don't have to. And, and especially if I'm putting on something while I'm doing something else, it's not. I don't want to put in a lot of effort into the thing that I'm going to be putting on while I do this other task, because it's the other task that's the most important thing. Yeah, you, you you might know better than I do uh, what they call this type of radio, but my favorite, especially with classical music, because there's a little bit more history to classical 
compositions, but I think they did this with rock and roll too, um, where the the DJ would, before he puts it on, would give you a little backstory. And then be like, oh, so it was uh, 1995 and the London Philharmonic was uh, guest performing in New York. And they had the conductor Leonard Bernstein and uh, they're playing this piece. And this piece was originally written for blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they kind of give you this whole like backstory and then they play the song and you feel like a little more invested in the song and um like that particular recording. And you're learning something. It checks that part of the box where you... you yeah. You're listening to so music, in, but you're also learning something too. You don't get that out of like a Spotify, like machine-generated playlist. And I know maybe not everyone wants that. They just want nonstop music. But I kind of like it when once in a while they'll pause and kind of give you the backstory on like why this song is, you know, what it is. Yeah. We're not talking like the cheesy... uh radio dj uh gimmicky stuff but just the yeah just the informational backstory that kind of thing is is valuable yeah and i got i don't know if i've talked i kind of hinted at this a few times on the podcast but the um with classical music i got this new app called adagio and um apart from like having a bunch of recordings of different songs like if you want to listen to a piano sonata you could look up 15 different performances of the same one, which is kind of interesting if, if you're big into that genre because you can hear how different people kind of interpret the same thing a different way. But um, another thing that I just realized about the app that they do well is when you click on an album, they've got a decent paragraph or two about the album, about the recording. So it's it's written down. You don't you don't actually get to hear it, but they, they kind of provide that little context that the radio DJ would give you on a classical radio station. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I just kind of wish there was some way to get an audio version of that and they could just squeeze it in between the tracks. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Um, well, that's an idea, I guess. Yeah. Somebody could act on. I was going to say... Um, one of the, uh, I, I do have um, uh, a, when I was going through all the different podcasts that I was looking for, I, I have oh, a, yeah. I have a thing that I'm fascinated by. Maybe it's just because it's Halloween and I, I wanted something like this, but um, I think it's a fairly new podcast. I don't think it's been around that long, but it's, um, it's from Snap Judgment, the people that do the Snap Judgment podcast. Uh, Never heard of it. WNYC Studios produces it. Um, it's called oh. Spooked. And it is a bunch of paranormal stories, people telling stories that like paranormal stuff that happened to them and they can't believe it or whatever. And they produce it really well. And it's uh, it's really cool. Someone at work just told me about that, actually, just a couple of days ago. No way. Huh. Yeah. They, they were talking. We're talking about like spooky, like podcasts and whatnot. And they talked about the Halloween episode of This American Life, which I haven't listened to. I listened to half of it. Um, and they, they, they liked that. And then they also talked about Spooked and they said that it was really good. Although That's one of the stories on This American Life was just about a, a, a raccoon with rabies. And I'm not sure <laughs> how that's spooky, really. It's like, oh, wow, it's crazy that happened to that lady. But like, it's well, they said rabies. that the lady got got rabies. And like, yeah, did she die? Or no, no, I, well, no. I, <laughs> I didn't get through the whole thing. I just was like, listening oh, I, th- to it I on... thought she died. I, I think that's 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 terrible. how the story ended. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, well now um, everyone's gonna have to go listen. Yeah, well, so great. anyway, you you think spook, spooked is really well done? Yeah, no, it's really well. It's 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 got the you know it might be a, a little overdone actually because it's like they, they cut out all the ums and ahs. <laughs> Let's not start with that. Some of I mean whatever, but like they told it's scripted. <laughs> it's it's a scripted thing. Okay, but like um uh they they. They they do a little they overproduce it a little bit with like the music and sound effects and that kind of stuff. Like I I almost don't oh, yeah. need it to go over the top, um, and I fear I fear it kind of goes over the top a little bit maybe. But I'm only one episode in. I listened to one episode just today, and uh, I was like, yeah, this is kind of cool. Like I, I I realize that there are podcasts out there that I would definitely enjoy, and and it's but it's just like I said, it's the whole on demand. It's like a another task I need to get through instead of my mindset being like, Oh, I get to listen to this or whatever. It's like, it's like, uh, I have to be in the right mental. Cause what happens? I listen to things and I just, it just goes right in and out. It doesn't, I don't retain. Well, that's fine. I mean, you know, you, 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 re- you retain what you're interested in. And yeah. sometimes, 
you know, you get through a show or something and, you know, it was fine, but it's not worth holding in, in your brain. Um, it's not like you, you have a test anymore. <laughs> I also feel like That's listening nice. to music, especially after a whole day or the kind of career I have with editing podcasts and stuff, listening to that so much, listening to music is kind of a, it's almost like a meditative thing. A palate cleanser. Yeah, you just kind of, you don't have to be thinking about anything. Like the less I can think when I'm not, <laughs> when I'm not like focused on something, the more I feel like I'm I'm less tired out mentally to, to get to what I need to. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. If you're editing podcasts all day, <clears throat> that's probably the last thing I would want to do. But um, I still like them. Just, I do like a good podcast. <clears throat> like I enjoy it. It's not that I don't enjoy it, you know? Yeah, so I was going to ask you, I guess... So, for context, for people who are not you and me, <laughs> uh, a few days ago, you you mentioned how you basically you quit listening to podcasts, and I was like, "What?" Because, you know, my whole image of your identity is you're the podcast guy. Yeah, we know. met because of podcasts. We met because we like podcasts so much that we went to this like how to make your own podcast meeting, and then we made our own podcasts for two or three years and um anyway so it was really shocking that you're like yeah i don't listen to podcasts anymore um <laughs> yeah i think it's just that um ever since this career change so i work at a different podcast company now and it's more of a startup That's a job change not a career change no you're right a change in my <laughs> career a job change yeah, in okay, my career. okay yeah uh and and i work at this other company now that's more of a startup culture and it's it's like the the hours of work are there's so much more work going into everything we do and um i guess i just got like fatigued from listening to podcasts beyond what we were what we were already doing so you yeah, know, that's that makes part sense. of it. That's definitely part. Of it. But I'm definitely back into it a little bit now. Um, so, we'll so what see. do you look for in a podcast? Like what? Uh, you know, like I said, I kind of like the feeling like, oh, I've learned something new. Like I was mm-hmm. able to explain the Apple subscription and why that's good for their business because of podcasts. I think it varies for me depending on what I am in the mood for. I guess like I I enjoy these like paranormal stories and that kind of stuff is kind of fascinating to me. I'm not really into the true crime stuff because that will really bum me out. Like, you know, a lot of people are into the true crime podcast and I get it. They are captivating. But they, I mean, I could do Nexium. Nexium. Did you hear about that? No. Oh, man. That's that's pretty gripping. It's the uh, it's it's like a self-improvement cult that turned into a secret sex cult and they literally branded women. So I take off my clothes, and she hands me a napkin, tells me to fold it and put it around my eyes like a blindfold. I'm Josh Block, and this is Uncover, a CBC original podcast, coming soon. I have butterflies on my stomach. I'm like, you know, kind of self-conscious, like kind of holding my, my boobs, and she leads me down the stairs through the kitchen. She sits me down on like one of those thick, fluffy, like white sheepskin rugs. And I, I sense that there's somebody to my right. And then she comes in and says, I want to introduce you to your sisters. You can take your blindfold off. Over the past few months, I've been investigating Nexium, a bizarre self-help group led by someone who calls himself the smartest man in the world. How he won the endorsement of actors, politicians, and even a visit from the Dalai Lama how he spent millions of dollars to destroy his detractors, and how he created a harem of devoted women. I just went into like the most loving, best place that I could, while the most searing, awful pain was being dragged across my body, like a fucking fire flame across my skin. And I look at why authorities have failed to stop him, until now. Uncover, one woman's journey to take down Nexium, coming soon. He is not the smartest man in the world because he did not predict this. And I would have the fucking balls to call him out on this bullshit. This is not okay. I have to tell people because it has to be stopped. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's crazy. I, anyway, I'm not gonna so, so, but, get, get distracted by that, but t- tell me more about what other types of stuff do you like? But the other ones I like are, are comedy podcasts, like uh, comedian-hosted stuff. I love... Um, uh, I love, well, sometimes it depends on the guest and it depends on the episode, but Joe Rogan's show is pretty good sometimes. Like they just, it, but it's hard. It's really long. So like <laughs> to get to the topics you know, it's funny. are really interesting I, takes a while. I never think of Joe Rogan as a comedian. <clears throat> yeah, but he is. <laughs> I mean, he's in the I, comedy. I haven't listened to his show in, in, a, in a couple of years, but like I, I, I did listen to it a, a while back, and I, I enjoyed the ones that I listened to. Like, I skipped the MMA ones. Yeah, I always, has, uh, I always skip those, too. I don't Yeah, care. I skip those. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. But I would listen to the, you know, the ones they interview, like, oh, Dr. So-and-so about, you know, uh, cryonics or whatever. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was, like, super interesting and, like, science-y and, like, learning something new. And, like, yeah, he would kind of crack, like, a a... a weird or sometimes dirty joke or something once in a while but um but it's not funny really the, the show the, itself yeah isn't... my if you didn't tell me that like i would i would not have thought he's a comedian i only i think i only said that and i, I literally only said that because joe rogan is in the comedy category on the in the podcast app from apple oh well i think we are too and that's a pretty stretch of the definition i know it's a big stretch of the definition <laughs> but like i go through like the comedy section and that i kept seeing his show come up and it's always his show is always in like the top 10 of all time show podcasts in the in the store um yeah so i like the comedy ones uh we the ones I work on mostly are uh, celebrity hosted shows that are more comedy and um, um, and discussion based like uh, Topher Grace's yeah. show Minor Adventures I work on. I really love that show, actually. Uh, and, and that's my favorite one to work on. I well, one of my mm-hmm. favorite ones to work on, I should say. We also have Endless Honeymoon with a couple of great uh, comedians that are together that are married uh, that they kind of roast people that write in about their or call in about their relationship issues i love shows like that because they're just you know i i, I like i like comedy i'm kind of a i i do i wouldn't say i'm a comedy nerd because my coworker would yell at me for that because she is a comedy nerd <laughs> and knows about every single comedian on the face of the planet i'm not quite like huh. that but i do appreciate like stand-up comedy a lot so i do gravitate toward those and then the news ones every once in a while i i i, I still i admire npr's production value and their um their reporting and all that stuff is really great so i do appreciate those shows too but again i get tired out with news sometimes and i just yeah. end up checked out of the news for a good period of time until i all of a sudden feel like i need to know again it's it's kind of it ebbs right, and right. flows my interests yeah i mean i i totally get that it's it's funny like i trying to remember it was like the last couple of years of the obama administration or whatever like 2014 ish i kind of just quit news something some like light bulb went off in my head and i was like you know what news is just like sports where you watch it so it's a it's like a it's like a national level topic so that way if you if you if we all watch this and we're total strangers and we meet in a bar we can have something to talk about but beyond that, like, it creates this illusion that, like, you have some sort of control, like, oh, you can do something about the fires in California? No, I don't think so. <laughs> or or the bananas going extinct? Probably not. But um, it creates a sense of, like, wow, I'm, I'm informed, I'm learning, and I'm empowered. But in reality, you have no power. You what you you are you're learning new information, but it's nothing that you can actually use. Right, and you're informed, but only to the extent that you can then go talk about it with someone else. So in in my head, I was like, "Wow, I just realized that news is entirely pointless." It's like information. It's like quit listening to it. It's like it is possible to be oversaturated with information because, and we are yeah, with we the are. internet because and all this here's shit. the here's the thing you you know what side you're voting what you're going to vote for in the next election you already know that you already know enough that you know where you stand on all these things so finding out more about all these topics is that going to make it are you going to vote harder exactly like you can't but now i'd say half of my podcasts are news centric 
and I've come I've come back around on news and now I just view it as entertainment. Yeah. So sure, I you know, I hate Trump and I'm definitely gonna vote against him. I already know that. So why does it matter if I learn about scandal A or scandal B that he's going through? It doesn't matter to me, but it's entertainment. Yeah. Because here's a character in here's a character in a show that I dislike and you love seeing bad things happen to that character. Yeah. It's just it's just like any other TV show. And so in that sense news is just just kind of like, "Oh, I hope he gets what's coming to him." kind of thing. Um but if you don't want to feel like you're on a hamster wheel of news, um like I kind of get when I'm listening to the daily from the New York times. Yeah. Um, you could check out, um, what is it today explained because they kind of, they'll, they'll poke at other topics that are not necessarily front page stuff. And they're also pretty short, usually around 20 minutes of giving you a deep explainer into like, Oh, all this shit that's going down with uh, e-cigarettes and vaping and, you know, how it's dangerous. Here's, you know, what you need to know yeah. about that topic. So that kind so of stuff. That's kind of good. That kind of stuff is, uh, yeah, so it's 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 the new, it's the, the stories that have been, like, just pounded into me over and over and over again that I'm not quite as interested in. But, like, news, actual right. news about, like, the wildfires and about, like, the vaping disease new things they might find with that are interesting to me um yeah science discoveries those kinds of things are are all interesting topics that i want to know about the problem is that when you tune into the news all it's dominated by uh the same stories over and over and over again and it might be a different different like another thing that happened in the same story but like it's the same it doesn't get you anywhere that's what bothers me I totally get it. I um, I subscribed to not to make this like a big thing about news because it can get boring. But I subscribed to this um, online news service called The Correspondent. And what was interesting to me, I don't pay for any news except for this one um, because it's it's like global news, and most of the reporters are not American. They have a some maybe, but most of them are from other countries. And so they'll be talking about global issues and and stuff that's going on. Some of it's a little too, I don't know, dense for me. But um, it do, it is pretty interesting and it's refreshing just to like step outside of the American news cycle. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm not trying to lecture you. News is about what happens today but it's never about what happens every day, right? What happens every day is way more influential. A global financial meltdown is not seen in the news cycle until something exceptional happens. A bank goes bankrupt. Interesting question. At The Correspondent, we talk a lot about the people formerly known as the audience. If you see them not as the audience, but as the biggest untapped resource of knowledge and experience that can change the way we inform ourselves about the world, that changes pretty much everything. The correspondent is member funded. We don't take ad dollars of any kind. That's right. We collect the knowledge and experience of our members by asking them, what do you experience on a daily basis that is not in the news, but should be on the front page every day? Our journalists will listen and incorporate what you tell them into their stories. It is the fuel of the stories we write. We can build a different kind of news organization together. Um, And and then we should get to, there is one more topic I wanted to get to, and that is... Hmm. um, what we're listening to all these things on and it's uh the other reason why i'm reinvigorated into podcasts and all this stuff is because i just got the new airpods pro oh yeah and so i want to hear your review and then i'll give you my whole spiel like i already did yeah but how how are they so far so i they that that was kind of my incentive to check out all these podcasts because i will say okay so i had the airpods the regular ones before this um, and actually they were the, the AirPods that I had before this were the latest ones. So 
I uh, actually cut that part out because uh, I was going to go into something that I shouldn't go into. Okay. Pause for editing. <laughs> okay. Have we waited long enough? I mean, you, you don't really have to pause. I can just cut it out. Okay. I think I'm going to wait longer. Uh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, anyway. No, I... um. So how how are the I wanted to know how are the new AirPods? <laughs> the first Supernatural. Time, the first time you asked, it was so much more natural. You should leave this part in. Leave this. So I started. <laughs> I had an edit point. Rob re-asked me, and the second time it was like, uh, so just how how are they? Oh God, here we go again. All right, tell me about these damn new headphones. Thank you. 